We have some gifted, amazing people in this church. Look around and look at all the people around you. Tell, tell the person next to you, you are amazing and gifted, and you make this house better by being here. It's true. This is not just stuff we're saying. This is true. You make this place better. You make it better. And God has blessed us with people that are, have a calling on their life. Come on. God has blessed us with people that carry the heart of the Father. God has blessed us with people that carry the heart of a prince. And Shagun is one of those people. Shagun is a father, and he carries the heart of a prince. He carries it. Like, he, he carries an authority about him. And, and those of you that have known him longer, you, you know what I'm talking about. There is something about him that's attractive. He, is, he carries this. It, it is. It's an authority. It's a princely authority. It's like he, he has wisdom. He makes great decisions, and he's fun to be around. And so I, I can't tell you what a gift you are, Shagun, to the house. Um, I, I, when we came back, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is unreal. This guy is in this house still. I didn't know who was still here. I was like, I promise you, one of the first things I thought, that guy's got to be the associate, man. I'm, be, I'm dead serious. One of the first things I thought is that guy needs to have a greater voice. And so we went for it. And so Shagun, I love you. I love your family. You are a gift to the house. And we just bless you today as you come and give us the word. Right? Why don't you just, why don't you stand and give him a hand clap? Let's do that. Yeah. Come on, man. Love you, dude. Love you, man. You want to pop it in the, oh, I'll be up there. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Jared. Wow. All right, I want to thank God first and foremost for what he's doing. I just appreciate him for, you know, the revelations he's been giving me in my life. Uh, I'm not perfect. I'm not, I'm not perfect, you see? He gave me some revelations back in the day and I just brushed them aside, you see? I've had so many people prophesy over me that I was going to, you know, preach the gospel. But I'm like, ah, that's not for me. So I was like, I'd rather do my own thing. But eventually, you see, when God wants to use you, we always use you. He's the sovereign God. He has the final say. So this morning, I want to start... <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Jared, for that activation. You see, after that worship, he said some things that I have in my notes right here. So he just saved me a whole bunch of time. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> so this morning, I want to know if there's anybody here that's not born again. If you know you're not, you know deep down, you know deep down inside you. You see, don't try to cover it up. Don't try to deceive yourself, you know, by saying, but if you know for sure that you're not born again, you need to do that today. You need to do it. It's very important. Then, if you know you backslide from time to time and you know you come to God, then something happens, you are back down, you need that grace. So make sure that you get that grace today. 
And if you know you're a child of God, and you are convinced, and you know that you have authority, praise God. Continue doing it. It pays off. It's good. What are we doing this day? So today, God put it on my mind to talk about his plans for us. You see, that being said, we're going to read from Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8. Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8, if you want to open to that. Father, we thank you for another opportunity. I thank you because you are here. I thank you for what you've put in my heart. As I'm going to be sharing this this morning, I want you to make me accurate. Let it not be about me. Let it be about you. The word that you want to let come out of me to go to somebody, let it be on target. I ask that the Holy Spirit will minister let me speak well so that people understand right from your perspective, not mine. I ask that you make things clear this morning. This is what only you can do. And I thank you for it in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. So Jeremiah 17, verse 5. This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. I want you to pay attention to two things there. Who rely on human strength. Then the other thing is, and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. Another translation says, they will not see prosperity when it comes. They will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited, salty land. But blessed are those who trust. You see, these are people that believe, that rely on God, and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. I want you to just look at some words there. Trust, hope, and confidence. Let us stick. It says, they are like trees planted along a river bank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Does that sound familiar? Remember Psalm 1. Isn't that similar? When the psalmist was telling us not to walk in the counsel of the ungodly, not to stand in the path 
of the sinners, not to sit in the seats of the scornful, but to delight in the law of the Lord and to meditate on the law day and night. It says they are like trees planted along the riverbanks. Again, you see? Bearing fruit each season, their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. You see, this is God's promise for us. Trust, hope, confidence. I've come to encourage somebody here today that you need to keep trusting. You need to keep believing. You need to keep hoping, like you said. And you have to be confident. Who are you confident in? You're not confident in yourself because he just told us that you should not rely on human strength. And you should not turn your heart away from the Lord. So you have to rely on the Lord. Rely on God. You see, God knows how to get you from where you are right now to where he wants you to be. Believe it or not, he's God. He has a purpose for your life. He already said this plan right from the beginning of creation. And he knows what he's doing. So this morning, I'm talking to somebody that you feel you are constrained. You are somewhere, you're not moving forward. This is not, you know, God has shown you some things and you've been waiting, just waiting. Or somebody that takes like three steps forward and six backwards. Yeah. We've all been there. We are still there. We are living there. We're right there right now. Is there a vision that God has given you? Is there a word that's been spoken over you and has still not come to pass? I want to let you know right now, God has a plan. He has a plan for you. He's working right there. You don't see it, but it's right there. It's going to happen. He's ordained it. So it will happen because he's God. This is my favorite, well, one of my favorite uh, quotes in the Bible is Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. He said, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, not some. All of your ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct your path. You see, it's like GPS. When he's directing you, you know where you're going. But if you keep leaning on your own understanding, oh, this is what I want to do. This is the way it has to be. Oh, I know I can get here faster. He knows best. All you need to do is just trust him. And our God is so good because even when we go out of his will, 
it just pulls you back. Amen. Remember the shepherd. He will leave that one lamb. He's looking for that one lamb. He's going to leave the rest and look for that one. Then bring it back to the herd. That's what God does. So he has a plan for your life. Believe me, it might look, oh, I don't know where I'm going to get my next meal from. I don't know where I'm going to live in the next few hours. I don't know, I'm, am I going to get to work? Oh, do I even have a job? You see, sometimes we get pushed, and we just, we get pushed to the wall. And you're like, oh, God, why are you not answering me? I pray to you every time. I do this, I do that, I fast. I... Why is this not happening? It's God. And he has a plan. Yeah. That being said, let's take a look at... You see, I grew up with some friends that believe in luck. Oh, I'm lucky. I did this, I did that, and I got lucky. It's not luck. It's not accident. I can tell you right now, you are here not by accident. God wants you to be here today. That's why you're here. He wants to meet with you. He wants you to listen to him. He wants to direct you. He wants you to come back to him. That's why you are here today. Our God doesn't lie. He's not a man. Okay, what will he gain if he lies? He's the creator of all things. So it's, it's, he has everything. So why will he lie? God has a plan. Let's look at some examples in the Bible. You see, God makes things happen for a purpose. Like I said, it's not by luck, it's not by accident, but we might think, oh, it's just luck. But you see, God shows you some things in steps. He might just show you like a little blur here or something here. But it doesn't show you the whole journey. Yeah. It might show you the end, though. Remember the story of Joseph. At age 17, he had two dreams. What happened to the dream? He spoke it out. His brothers... They hated him because his dad loved him more. So every single opportunity they get, they just bring him down. But he didn't care. He was young and stubborn and he just did his thing. He had a dream. He had two dreams. He said those to his brothers, even to his dad. They were all amazed what is going on? But this is a dream, right? God showed him. He didn't make it up. Now, imagine how long it took. Let's look at his journey. Okay, this is a guy that got sold into slavery. 
into a foreign land. He got there, Potiphar's wife lied against him. He had to be thrown in jail. Okay, where's that dream? Okay, he was in jail. And uh, one of Pharaoh's um, copbearer, the chief copbearer, he was in jail as well. He had a dream. So he helped the guy translate the dream that you're going to be restored. And he told him, but please, remember me to Pharaoh. I'm innocent. Please get me out of here. And what did the copbearer do? He forgot. The moment he left the jail, he forgot about Joseph. And Joseph was still there for two years. Okay, where is the dream? Not until Pharaoh had a dream. Then the cockbearer remembered. Oh, I know a guy. Now they got him out. He interpreted the dream, and you all know the story. I don't have to say this. He became this number two man in Egypt. That was at the age of 30. But his dream was still not realized. He had this when he was 17. He's 30 now, working for Pharaoh. But guess what? God had a plan. Nine years later, there was famine, and his brothers came, and the dream came true. Look at that. So all this while, it took 22 years. So what's on your mind? What's your dream? Are you wondering why it's taking so long? God has a plan. Let's look at Moses. The book of Exodus uh, chapter 2, it tells us that when Moses was born, his mom saw that he was a special boy, special baby. Another translation says he was a fine boy, or like pretty looking, or handsome, or I mean, there are so many things there. But he was special. Pharaoh's daughter saw him when he was crying, and she had compassion on him. Okay, now, let me take you back. When was all this happening? When they were killing babies. So now, are you trying to tell me that it was luck? Was it just lucky to be found by Pharaoh's daughter? Is that luck? That is not luck. That is destiny. And if you look at his life, he lived with his mama. And Pharaoh's daughter had to be paying. I don't get it. You are being paid to take care of your own child. What a blessing. While other women were crying because they lost theirs. 
Is that luck? God has a plan. I will later find out that he was the one that after 430 years that the Israelites said in Egypt, Moses, this same special boy, special baby, was the one that led them out. Are you called that luck? That was destiny. Okay, these are people in the Bible. Let's talk about us. Do you know we are children of destiny? Do you know God has a calling on each and every one of us? He has a purpose. And he has a plan. And no matter how you twist it, oh, I try to do it by myself, I'll do this, I'll do that. No. If it's not according to God's plan, it might not work. It's not even going to work. Let me put it that way. You can try as much as you want if it's not in his will. It's just a waste of time. God has a plan. And that's why we have to keep hoping. We have to keep trusting. We have to have that confidence. If we are children of the Lord, then we have to know it. What's your identity in Christ? The Bible says we have all fallen short of God's glory. You know, sin came to the world and this and Yeah. But Jesus Christ came so that we'll have salvation. It was a gift. He died so that we'll come back to be children of God. So what's your identity? You need to know your identity. Because <laughs> there are adversity and there's identity. It's not the same thing. Do not confuse your adversity for your identity. You see, I got so much to say. <laughs> God has given us special favors as his children. And the moment, you see, that's why we have to be born again. That's why we have to be in sync with him. You see, there are some struggles that we just struggle for nothing. We just keep going round and round. I can do it by myself. I can do it by myself. Because we are depending on human strength. That's why he said we should trust. We should hope and have confidence. If you don't have confidence in the Lord, if you don't know who you are, <laughs> the enemy will mess you up. So you, you have to know who you are. We are heirs of the kingdom and co-heirs with Jesus. You need to remind yourself every day. And the power that lives in him, 
It's the same power that lives in us. It's not by our power, but it's by the power that has been given unto us. So that means whatever he did, we can do. Okay, look at Peter, for example. When the Holy Spirit came upon them, they went out and they started healing people. The sick, the lame, blind, just like that. And they became very bold because when the leaders of the church, they were, why are you preaching in Jesus' name? Yo, you're not supposed to do that. They beat them up, they flogged them, they threw them in jail, they did all that. Only for them to come back and pray for boldness. And they still got the Holy Spirit. What are we saying today? You have to, have, you have to know your identity. You have to know who you are. Amen. If you don't know who you are, <laughs> the enemy will mess you up. Apart from that, we have to live by faith and not by sight. Because we live in a fallen world. We live in a sinful world. We all know this is not our home. We're just here for the meantime. We're going to go to heaven one day. For the people that are born again, we're going to go to heaven. But while we are here on earth, there will be times of tribulation. There will be times of trouble. Because it's a fallen world. It's a sinful world. So we cannot do it on our own. We need God. And if we know that, then there are some things, there are some mistakes that we might have made in the past due to some crazy decisions. Psh, I've made decisions in the past due to jealousy. I'm just jealous. Oh, why does he have that? Why can't I have that? I've made some mistakes and decisions due to pride. Oh, no, I can't do that. No, not me. Do you know who I am? You see, we all do these things. But we need to know that God has a plan for his children. What did the Bible say? And we know that all things will work together for good. For who? Yeah, Those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So it tells me one thing. If you don't love the Lord, you are not included. You have to love the Lord for all things to work together for good for you. I get it. There have been open doors, closed doors. I get it. It's life. There were several times in my life that I had closed doors. And I keep begging God, please open this door. Open this door. I want this door opened. 
prayer, fasting, and but I came to realize later that you know there are some doors that God closes for a reason. Because he has a better door for you to open. So if you keep wasting your time and your strength and energy trying to open this door, you're just wasting your time. Close doors. Okay, let's look at the story of Ruth. If you look at Ruth, um, let's see. We all remember the story of Naomi and Ruth, right? Okay, these were people, they were living in Bethlehem, and there was a, a famine, and they had to go somewhere, Moab, to live for a while. So Ruth's husband is named uh, Elimelech. You can see this in Ruth, verse 1, chapter 6. Uh, uh, sorry, chapter 1, verse 6. You see, there are four people left Bethlehem for Moab, which is Ruth, um, which is Naomi, Elimelech, uh, Mahon, and Kilion. They are two sons. But the Bible tells us that when they lived there for a while, the husband died. Now there were three of them, Naomi and the two sons. They got married, so they became five, right? But unfortunately, within 10 years of living there, the two sons died. So now we have Naomi and the two wives. And if we look at their culture and tradition, women, they really have no say. Now the famine was over, they had to go back to Bethlehem. So all their property, all the land, and everything that they had, they can't have it. You'd be like, why not? It belongs to the husband, yeah. But you have to have a man to stand as a custodian for you to be able to possess that land. So just imagine the trouble they were going through. Even Naomi said she wanted to change her name to Mara. Because God has emptied her. She went out full. She came in empty. She started blaming God. You see, we do that several times. When things are not working the way we want them to work, then we start blaming God. It's not God. It's just life. That is life. And we just have to deal with it. But there's somebody that will help you cope that will direct you so that you can deal with it better. And that is God. If you have him in your life, <laughs> it's easy. It will direct you despite the fact you are going through stuff. It will still direct you. Despite the fact that you messed up, he still loves you. And he has a plan. You see, when uh, Naomi and Ruth got back, Luckily, one day Ruth was uh, gleaning in a field nearby that belongs to Boaz. 
Boaz happens to be one of the kinsmen of uh, Naomi's husband. And <laughs> it's so funny, you know, things, the, the way things work sometimes. You see, Ruth, the way she was brought up, you can tell right there in that story. The other lady did not go back with Naomi to Bethlehem. She wanted to find a better life. But Ruth was like, no, I'll just stay with you. Your people will be my people. Despite the fact that Naomi tried to get rid of Ruth. Oh, no, just go back, go get married somewhere, you know, have kids, do whatever. I, I, I appreciate the way you treated my son when he was alive, but now he's no more. So just find yourself a better life. And she was like, no, I'll find a better life with you. God has a plan. Now, she went gleaning. She was picking up after her vesters. You know, the little stuff that they drop off, she picks it up. And that was what she was taking home to eat. And the foreman told Boaz that this lady, you know, he started giving good reports about the lady. Oh, I mean, she's been working all this while. She didn't even take a break. Uh, you know, so your reputation tells a lot about you. Boaz, Boaz saw that and he was like, okay, I'm going to do something. I'm going to help this lady. So all the harvesters, when you're harvesting, make sure you drop stuff on purpose. Just drop it so she can pick it up. You see, God has a plan. He's using Boaz for Ruth and Naomi. When it came to redeem the land, Boaz went to tell uh, the other king's man that's very close to the husband. Because he was like number two to the property. He told the first guy, oh, well, there's a land. Naomi's land is available. You know, the husband died. The kids died. So what are we going to do? You are the Custodian uh, redeemer. So if you want to buy the land, all you need to do is just, you know, let us know. So you can, but, but you have to take care of Naomi and Ruth. And the dude was like, uh, no, I, I don't want to do that. I have other plans. You see, at that point in time, you feel, oh, Ruth, the only chance she had, the door was closed in her face. But no, God had a plan. God had a plan, and eventually, if you read that story, at the end, Ruth got married to Boaz. They had Obed, and Obed became the father of Jesse and the grandfather of David. David was Ruth's great-grandson. David was Solomon's father, and Jesus came after like 27 generations from that line. See the plan of God. God has a plan. So, no matter what you're going through this morning, just remember God has a plan. But that plan is for those who love him. So, if you don't love him, you are not in that plan. And that's why it's very important that you have to give your life to Christ. Or else you'll be struggling. You're struggling around the clock. 
there's nothing impossible for God. He is the creator. You see, Jesus Christ is the author and the finisher of our faith. And that's why we have to have faith. Like Jerry said, if you have a little mustard seed of faith, it can move mountains. It can. God can do anything. The impossible, he can do it. But do you believe? Are you trusting? Do you have that confidence? That's the question. I could remember back in Nigeria when I graduated uh, from college, I was looking for a job. And you see, the way we do in Nigeria is that at least 90, 95% of the time, your parents sponsor you through college. So you don't have to work at McDonald's or get any other job. No, just they'll tell you, concentrate on your studies. When you're done, you get your degree, then you can you know, do whatever. So most times, we don't have student loans. So when I graduated, I was looking for a job, and I was aiming really high. You see, oh yes, I want to be right there on top. I can do it by myself. I want to do it on my own. I tried that several times, it did not work out. You see, I almost gave up until one of my friends, you see, this is a guy when we were in college, I never even, you know, we just used to joke. I wasn't really close with him because I thought I was better than him. You see, pride, right there. I thought he was one of the little people's, uh, I don't need to deal with that. And this guy was a guy that told me, oh, do you believe uh, this place, this company, they're hiring? Oh, really? And I'm like, I didn't have a job, and I was still, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. Eventually, I put in my application. I did interviews. And to the glory of God, I got three jobs, all in the same week. I didn't know God had a plan for me. Until, you see, one of those three jobs was still, I was still looking for a particular one, but it was right there up north, northern Nigeria, where there's, you know, we have Muslims conflicting with Christians, you know, killing each other and all that going on. So, but the pay is really good. I had to think about it several times. I told my wife, like, uh-uh, you're not taking that. So now I'm left with two jobs, right? It just so happened one of them is in a city where my parents built two houses. So God just revealed to me, come, this is a nice job. You've been living in a city with no traffic, you have your own apartment, you're not paying rent. You're just getting your money and banking it. Look at that. Meanwhile, I, I was bent on saying the city, you know, in, the, in Lagos, the capital. Getting the big money and, you know, staying in all these high-rise buildings. But at the end of the day, I will make the money 
but it will go to the rent. At the end of the day, I won't have much in my pocket. But I thank God I took that decision. Because that changed my life. And I began to see things in different perspectives. You see, when God shuts a door, he's getting ready to open another one. All we have to do is just believe, trust, wait on the Lord. So this morning, what are you trusting God for? Are there some circumstances you know, in your life that didn't go the way you really want them to go? Are there people that have, you know, you've, they've dealt with you in such a way that you lost trust in them? Are you disappointed this morning? Have you been overlooked at work for a promotion or a job interview? You know you are the best candidate for that job and they just give it to somebody else. What reports are you hearing from your doctors? I've had people, they tell them, oh, you have two months to live. You have cancer. But you see them live 10 years. So whose report are you trying to believe this morning? God says, I have a plan for you. Do not lean on your own understanding. Do not believe in human strength. Trust me, I got you. Like we said, it's not a promise for everybody. So this morning, as we, as we round up this service, I want you to believe and trust God. Let's just hope. Let's keep hope alive. Let's have faith. And let's be confident as children of God. It will never lead us astray. Never. Growing up, we had chickens, we had poultry, you know, at the back of the house. And you see the, the hen, that's the mama uh, chicken. She has her chicks under her wings. And if one of them goes, she will call them back and, you know, just cover them up. It's a covering. We need God's covering. We can't do it by ourselves. There are so many things he's doing. We don't see it in our eyes. We don't see them physically, but he's walking behind. And his purpose is going to be served. So, brethren, God has a plan. And it's a good plan. And I want us to just take that and run with it this morning. So I'm going to call Hank to round it up.
Thank you, guys. That's good. Thank you. That was awesome. Just again, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, God has a plan. Uh, what's rolling through my head is is uh, well, I, mean, I don't know. Just the idea is like if you if you want to be part of the plan, you've got to well change sides. <laughs> if you're not walking with the Lord, and 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 that was one thing is like how do you know you're if you're if you're a believer or not? And I just I, one, one picture I've already done in my head is imagine you standing in front of Jesus. And having that conversation, get as real as can be. I mean, do you know Jesus? Do you know? Him? You know, and and the the more you walk with him, the more closer you get to him. I mean, is he just an idea? Is he just a? Uh, uh, is he again? Yeah, is he, is he just thoughts, or is he a real person in your life? You interact with you, you grow with you. No, you know. Uh, there's a scary verse that he says in Matthew seven. Uh, you. You did all these wonderful miracles in my name. You did all these you know, wonderful things, but I don't know you. You know, and uh, um, I don't know. Imagine the Lord when you go to heaven, saying, "Did you love my son? Like, did you get to know? Did you have a relationship with him?" And to be a part of the plan of the Lord is to give up yours, to go from the whole independence thing. I'm going to do my own thing, mine, 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 and going to I'm completely dependent upon you. I'm going to trust in you. I may not know the plan, but I trust you. <laughs> I was like, I trust you, Lord. And uh, I, 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 I mean, we all may be believers in here. There may be one or two people who do not, but it helps to do it again and again and again and again and again to give up your de- independence from the Lord and actually just trust you. There's a phrase of an author I, I read a lot. Um, he said, you can either have understanding or, or you can have God. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, like, because we begin, we, we try to seek after and have the knowledge and understanding. We get it retrospect a lot of times, but it's just sometimes I just want Jesus. I just want Jesus and to encounter Him. And so, yeah, uh, that's a good message. Uh, seriously, like, just I trust that God has a plan and it's a good plan. And I don't know, like, that's one of the greatest evangelism deals out there. Like, I, I imagine, I mean, when I don't know how to share Jesus with somebody, I just like, you know what? I love Jesus. God shows up in my life. Watch my life. Just watch God show up. And, and I, I can't tell you exactly what's going to happen, but he's going to show up because he loves me. He's got a plan and it's amazing. And uh, anyways, that's, I mean, again, that's, I'm stirred by that. Again, thank you. Um, uh, just for prayer, guys, I'm going to do a little bit different today. Um, I asked the Lord at the beginning, um, like, what do you want to do for a prayer? And he says, I want to heal. It's like, let's do it. <laughs> you know, uh, let's do that 250 pound boulder, right? <laughs> um, I, I, again, I'm going to push on that. So real quick here, uh, uh, we're going to do a little bit different here. If you need healing in any way whatsoever possible, um, uh, raise your hand. Anybody need healing in here? We got one back here, one back there, one back in the, the booth. Uh, so we got three people. Okay. Uh, and then, and then uh, four over here. Uh, if y'all can keep your hands up. If y'all don't mind, I mean, if, if you're, if you don't feel comfortable doing this, you know, um, uh, uh, don't, and, uh, Jared, you know what? His rib. I don't know if you ever see him. He ever coughs. He holds his. He holds his rib because it's like out of place or something, or it's missing or something. No, it's. I guess technically, biblically, it would be missing. <laughs> no. Um, uh, I, I, I do want to pray for him as well too, because uh, again, that's just that's just painful. Um, if y'all can just just do a real quick prayer, guys. I mean, if if you feel the Lord sh- speaking to your heart about how to pray for healing, uh, obviously pray that. Um, uh, and um, 
If not, just do what Jesus did. Just say, like, be healed in Jesus' name. We're just going to just say, just trust and not in your ability to heal anybody. God heals people, so you don't. And so just pray for them. Uh, again, we have uh, one, two back here. If you home, raise your hand again. Uh, three, and then uh, Paul back in four and five up here. If y'all can just real quick, I'm, I'm just, we're going to do about maybe two minutes of a real quick prayer. Um, just pray for everybody. Again, if y'all can hold your hands up. And uh, if y'all don't mind, just like one or two people per person going over praying for them. And then when I start praying again, we, we can, we'll stop, okay? So, um, and I just ask them real quick, hey, what do you need prayer for?